You are listening to Gaming the Podcast. My name is John Robertson and I am joined by Stace Harmon. And this week, inspired by the release of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, we are talking about finding the joy in trashy, B-movie style games. Games that are so bad that they're actually good, or at least games that are good despite housing some or many questionable elements. Here's a clip of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Look, the crystals can sense each other. You have one too, don't you? My mission is to kill chaos. That's all I know. Me too. Good. We're all in the same hunt. I'm Jack. Jed. Ash. So you've played more Stranger of Paradise than I have, and we'll get into the details, but what are your general thoughts on this uh, trashy B-movie of a game? <laughs> yeah, well, well, yes, I mean, it is ex- It is exactly that. And it is, it's that, um, it has all of the hallmarks, you know, it's so bad, it's good, kind of it, the dialogue specifically, and the the writing and the voice acting that goes with that, um, the direction of the cutscenes. There are some, I think, unintentionally uh kind of trashy or some of the production values are are kind of miss the mark i think there's some editing choices that i I think haven't been made on purpose but any game yeah yeah there's some yeah there's some weird like just things that look unintentional that and they're just poorly done like some of the audio um is sort of that there'll be audio clipping over each other and stuff like that yeah. which isn't you know that doesn't enhance the sort of cheesy trashy vibe it just looks poorly done but for the most part it is it is i think very deliberate and any game i won't go too heavily into spoilers but to, i will say any game that starts and ends in the way that this game does um there's well, some very yeah. deliberate choices that have been made here well, let's talk about that that very step because I I burst out laughing. Okay, there's, so there'll be minor <laughs> there'll be minor spoilers here, but I don't think this is this isn't a spoiler that's going to ruin the game. So, right at the start of the game, my way Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. plays, <laughs> and there's just yeah. this guy, and it's just like a wheat field. Like literally, like I was thinking, like fields of how, gold. Yeah, like how great would it be? I was expecting Theresa May to just like run past, being naughty <laughs> to like my way, which would have been like a ten out of ten game in my uh... Like if they'd really, if they'd done that, just even if it's just for the UK release or, or you know whatever, it's the yeah. only ones that are going to get it. <laughs> at least Rick. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's such a that's such a weird choice. My way, like it just and I there is mm. there is something. That, oh yeah, there's a cutscene before that where it shows like sort of in a distant land or something. This big mm-hmm. evil person mm-hmm. is killing all of these knights that look like they're probably good guys because they've got like glowing blue, yeah, shield. Um, like it looks yeah. like the goody colors, and the other guy looks like yeah. they got the baddie colors. Um, yeah. And then it just flips to my way, Frank Sinatra in a in a in a field. It's just so yeah. weird. I mean, it it does um, some of the things. Some of the things in Stranger of Paradise pay off. Some of the narrative stuff, like that, pays off towards the end or at the end. And some of it doesn't. Some of it really does feel like it's just le- it's just introduced and it's left there. And then there is no explanatory or kind of uh, thing that makes it make sense. So it, yeah, Stranger of Paradise is a trashy game most of the time, deliberately um i don't have any sort of kind of final fantasy affiliation really with it so i don't i'm not i didn't go into it like looking for the easter eggs or really excited to see how 
what looks on the surface like a very um kind of disparate offshoot of the series might tie into the main game series i didn't really go into it with any of those sort of thoughts or expectations so i'm sure there's some stuff in there for the diehard fans that um you can link to the other games and and it's cute and it's clever so i'm really looking at it as it is it's sort of you know how it's being presented to me is how i'm is how i'm absorbing it and it I've rolled my eyes a couple of times, but for the most part, I just laugh. For the most part, it is just so dumb and so, so silly that it is just funny. And I hope that in almost all of those cases, it's deliberate. Um, but I think in some cases, un, un, unavoidably, in some cases, it won't be. But I think for, it is, it's deliberate enough, enough of the time that it does create that vibe that I think it's going for, which is just trashy and cheesy and all of that. And so bad, it's good. Um, yeah. I mean, and I have to believe that. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Like whether they, yeah, it's hard to know whether they've done it on purpose, and and it's hard to know, like, or it's hard to feel empathy or like take it seriously in the moments where the game is trying to is clearly trying to be like, no, this is like a really emotional moment. This is, mm. you know, you should feel the relevant emotion for this for this moment, but yeah. you just don't because yeah. like. The game starts off well, like I said, with my way in a wheat field, and it's yeah. got, and then the the three main characters, the way that they meet, uh, I don't think that they share any previous history before no. Jack, <laughs> the main character, who sounds so much, yeah, he sounds yeah. so much like Marcus Phoenix that I have from Gears of War that I had to look mm-hmm. it up to see if it was the same, but it's not. So it's just someone doing like a Marcus Phoenix impression, but it's like even yeah. more Marcus Phoenix than Marcus Phoenix, like it's just so so ridiculous. Um, but I loved, I loved the just cheesy, horrible, almost like thoughtless way that they've decided. Like, how do we get these team of three people together? Like, the guy Jack, the main character, is just walking through the town, mumbling, muttering under his breath <laughs> about how much he hates chaos. And then two two other people are like, "Oh, oh, I uh, I heard someone say they hate chaos. Like, we hate chaos as well." And then they then they bond immediately and are like prepared to risk their lives for each other. Oh, and it happens that all three of them have just got glowing rocks as well. So that proves mm-hmm. that they're like I can't even remember what those rocks prove that they're like up for the fight. Basically, they're like they're like capable of fighting chaos. I can't remember what the yeah, rocks actually do. To that but, effect. Yeah, um, um, yeah. It's just yeah. it's just ridiculous. And like just from that whole set, like you just you can't help but just burst out laughing at just how just so so it's just utterly ridiculous but then it becomes kind of funny because it's like and then you expect like a bit more exposition okay what's really and then they're just like right let's go and it's like what the hell yeah yeah i think where it runs into some problems is where you are asked where the developer is asking you for more is asking you to invest more and, and it's like okay you've been laughing it's been fun but just put that on hold a moment and now really get into the the serious emotion of this and is that no you can't no we're done that you've given up that kind of that uh that right or the the ability to ask us to suspend disbelief to the point of me taking this seriously this is just silly and i think that's where it differs from like it makes me think of kojima death stranding starts with a song uh the title of which is don't be so serious mm-hmm. and it the chorus for that song kicks in very specifically as Hideo Kojima's name appears on screen the first time. Oh, that's it's where like, you meet you know, the, the the other character in the cave. Then the, yeah. that song starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like there's stuff here that it's like this is being set up very deliberately, and I feel like there's in a similar 
way this is this is happening deliberately except you know there are very clear distinctions this isn't quite uh kojima's level of of um deliberate parody or asking you to to introspect on a particular uh topic this just well, is telling I don't its know. own story i hate chaos well, now like it's, it's like <laughs> I just for some reason i'm just constantly thinking about chaos and how it just needs to be destroyed yeah it made me really want to read that uh you know that Marie Kondo book you know the <laughs> the life changing magic of tidying up whatever it's like yeah i hate chaos too i'm going to tidy up my house so that yeah i mean i think it's so i think it's deliberate we've sort of established that now game wise I do have some issues with the game. I think it's like, it's, it's fun enough and there's some good ideas in it. There's some very sort of astute design in places, particularly with the combat system. But for the most part, it is just a bit of a mess in the most sort of well-meaning way. It's just, I can see where it's trying to land the hits and, and in places it just doesn't work. And so, and I've got to, what is nominally the end of the game. I've seen the credits. Um, and, you know, as we said, we'll keep spoilers light. I will say that like a lot of Square Enix games over the last few years, there is a very definite, okay, great, you've got to the end credits. Now here's a whole bunch of extra content, which mm. oddly, retrospectively, makes some of the things make sense from a systems perspective. You get to understand the job system more and really kind of what the ultimate point of it is, or or, or not the ultimate point, but the ultimate form of that system you get to see going into the end game. Um, and there's like an infinitely grindable mechanic that you could, that you can self-impose on certain levels to, to just be able to play the game forever if you really want to. So, and that, that has its own sort of appeal because I can see that people that, that do love this game and there will certainly be people that do. I can see that they, would really love it and they would really like there's a lot for them to get stuck into it's not just a six hour you know i don't know like lollipop chainsaw kind of come in have a splash of color you know laugh at this thing and then go away again and not think too much about it after that there is there is a lot of game here if you want there to be if you have the stomach for it or whatever else so so I would say that, yeah, there's stuff here that happens deliberately, but there's games that I can think of sort of historically that I still think of fondly that have done it better and that have a more permanent place for me in sort of my my memories. I don't think Stranger Paradise is going to be a game that I'll be still thinking about in even a few months' time, let alone. <laughs> well, I don't know. We're going to do another years. podcast when I've completed it. Yeah. <laughs> Dissect it in a more serious way. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so that so this then led us to have a conversation about these kinds of different cheesy games, what that means, what where the definitions are, what a game needs to have to be that, and if it doesn't have certain aspects, does it just fall into the sort of the pit of being a not very good game? So what kind of games like this for you have there been, you know, which games which games have given you the same kind of vibe as Stranger of Paradise has so far? Um and that's sort of stick in your mind and what i guess do you have like a list of things that there needs to be in order for a game to be considered cheesy versus slash trashy versus just well, bad well i think on a on a game sense and i think this this goes probably for all games because they're they're interactive by nature um the gameplay itself can't be 
wildly bad. Like the the mm. narrative and the characters and a lot of the peripheral elements. Um, <clears throat> not that they're peripheral elements, although, but but in this they do feel like peripheral elements just because they're so weird. Um, but so long as the gameplay itself is well enough made um, that it can pull you through so long as you're so i think you already need to like the genre like if you're not like a fan of action games i think square call this a hardcore action rpg which it's not really (laughs) um give me a break uh it's it's an action game yeah um i don't find it particularly difficult I, i think one of the things one of the things that stranger of paradise is good at for me i suppose who's someone who's played a lot of these kinds of games before is that Mm. um it's just about good enough and just good enough at feeling like you've been making you feel like you've been rewarded Mm. uh and um, then i was gonna say it's just just about diverse enough in what i ask you to do it's not but it is diverse enough in like visually i suppose so so you're always getting like it's 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 like looking, what's it like looking at? It's almost like looking at like visually, it's almost like looking like at a kaleidoscape or something and just being like almost mm-hmm. stunned into mm-hmm. numbness by the colours. Like yep. it does that, it does that pretty well. Like there's a lot of just visual, just stuff happening on the screen all the time in combat. Like it will zoom yeah. in and out of different focal lengths. Like when you do like your big finishing attack or whatever, it always zoom in. Often bosses have some silly little, when you defeat them, they have some silly like pre-rendered um sequence that was mm-hmm. like a big sort of wwf style finishing move or or um or whatever but it's just different from movies like these sort of b games and b movies like the movies can just rely on the trashy narrative and the trashy characters and that's funny and that'll get you through but games with interaction they have a whole another thing to worry about so a trashy game still needs to be a good game on an interaction level to an extent for it to even be playable for you even be able to get to the bits that are trashy to enjoy them on a trashy level you know like they can't just be outright bad in all ways uh and still be good um and i think stranger paradise just about stays on the right side of that so far i've only played like five hours six hours yeah um but uh, (sighs) it's it's i suppose it's it's comforting to play in it like the game's got a lot of systems but i don't i don't use any of them really in depth <laughs> like so i just go through and i just hammer yeah. away at r1 and occasionally press r2 to do a special move and occasionally press circle to finish an enemy and occasionally like do my power up move or whatever that makes me stronger for a set amount of time but like the job system and the battle the gear and the weapons and stuff um i just auto i just auto mm. um what do you do you can auto resolve so it like so it just auto it, equip it, your, yeah yeah your, the, the you, highest level gear yeah yeah absolutely. so i just do that all the way through and then all i do is i just just go through the game smashing r1 and forwards and that wins most of the time yeah. and it's like yeah great like cool like if i'm not looking for something that's like going to test me or um is progressive in introducing like a new gameplay mechanic or combining gameplay mechanics in ways i haven't seen before um 
like when we were talking the other day, I described it as like it's a perfect game to play on like a Sunday morning for like an hour mm-hmm. or two before you go off and do something else. Like it's yeah, it's perfect like that. But I mean, other games, other games that kind of fall into this category, like Lollipop Chainsaw, that like you've said, Shadows of the Damned, is also two to fifty one game. Friday the 13th I've spoken about on podcasts mm. um, before. I think a lot of Supermassive's games, even though Until Dawn has like a kind of more like loftier air about it, um, it still fits a lot of these, a lot of these definitions where like the characters and the narrative and some of the events that happens are just completely schlocky cheesy things that's yeah. exactly what until dawn's yeah. supposed to be that's not that's not like an insult like until dawn kind of gets away from the trashy bit because it's like a play on something else that's already trashy so it seems mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it seems loftier it seems more intelligent it seems almost like satire rather than trashy even though i don't think until dawn is trying to be satire no, um no. but ultimately the gameplay in all of those i know you know they're very different gameplay between um most of those games but they're all intriguing in some in some way like those games all have something badly wrong with them or maybe many things badly wrong with them but the core interaction that you're engaging Mm. in does have something of value that allows you i suppose to like that's the good bit of the game and it allows you to enjoy because you're getting the good bit here it allows you to enjoy the trashy bit in a different way then yeah. if everything was trashy like you can you can almost like yeah you can almost yeah. like bottle up the trashy bit and just like take a sip of that you know whenever yeah. you want alongside the main meal sort of sort of thing yeah and it's why so i think we and we've talked before about why you know it can apply to anything but when you're making choices design choices we've talked about it in terms of that if you are making a certain choice to um well in in this instance to be if you were trying to make a comment, if you were trying to comment on poor controls or gameplay that that is that rankles a bit or that rubs you the wrong way, then you have to go really far the other. You have to go really far into that to make it obvious that you're making that you're that's what you're doing. So something like Surgeon Simulator is like one of those things where it's the controls are just hilariously mm. off, and they're meant to be, and that's fun. But if you tried to make that game and the controls were just imprecise rather than deliberately off, it wouldn't feel good to play because you, you're being asked seemingly seriously to yeah. do this thing. But it's very difficult to do it and it's deliberately difficult to do it. So it has to go really far in the, in that down that path to make it obvious that it is being satirical or that it is a parody. Because if you don't do that, then you it just looks like you've done it by accident, and that's not a good thing. And that's the thing that we've talked about. Like it's yes, yeah, you either make it obvious that you've made a choice here, and that you're pursuing a certain message or putting something out there into the world that is meant to be seen in a certain way, perceived in a certain way. Yeah. Or you're you have to do it really well. Otherwise, yeah, it just looks like you were aiming for something and you fell short of it rather than you were you were trying to make a point about a particular thing. And so, yeah, Stranger Paradise, I would say I've played it through to the end. It does. There's there's a lot of stuff to like about the combat system. There's some very we've talked about this, the the, the soul burst and soul shield abilities. Uh, the soul burst is interruptible or rather combat is interruptible by use of the soul burst ability at any time. And that is a very clever design choice because if it wasn't, you would, it would feel bad. If you miss the window to hit circle to do your finishing move, which gives you more magic. So these systems feed into each other. 
um, that would be annoying and it would be frustrating. But the fact that you can hit the circle, even if you've started doing another move or combo and it would interrupt that is clever. That's, that's good design. That's they've sat down and thought about that and they've made that choice deliberately. So it does, it does err on the right side. I think it's just, yeah, I mean, it's not a game I'm going to play through again or will explore much of the end game of, but it's, there's enough there to, to keep you going. Yeah. Well, the, you'd kind of hope and expect that the combat would be the best bit of the game, right? Like given the history of Tecmo Koei and Absolutely, Dead or yeah. Alive, Ninja Gaiden, um, Neo, like not that they're the exactly, not that it's the exact same team, but like the culture in that studio understands that stuff. I, I was thinking like, I, I wonder, and I haven't researched this to know if it's true or they, they, they wouldn't want to admit it if it was, I suppose, but I wonder if like this didn't never if this didn't start life as a Final Fantasy game because like a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of the bits do feel kind of bolted on um and like sort of not that connected to the main combat systems and I wonder if that's mm. why I am able to play the game by not looking or caring or spending any time investigating and mastering a lot of the systems because like mm. actually the core of the game like they, these things have just been bolted on so yeah you can just kind of go into like yeah. autopilot mode it's, with this and that yeah. goes to the characters as well like uh i know there's references to like final fantasy one and i think the, like, the whole vague yeah. story is supposed to be a remake of final yeah, fantasy it's one a, but... a build-up i think to final fantasy one i think is the, the chaos yeah. and yeah how chaos manifests is yeah but it doesn't it doesn't feel cohesive on like a final fantasy style level um, like the characters feel like they're just taken from dead or alive but now now it's like now yeah. now you're final fantasy and it's like hang on hang, yeah. this, um, and they, i think we're gonna they, have like a problem of like culture here between those two series um yeah and i think they also, are what they look like they are like they, yeah, yeah. you look at these characters they open their mouth they say a line and basically that there you go you've got your character right there that's it it's done they don't there is no big arc they don't change over the course of the game that's who that character is and you yeah. know it and it's safe you know and you understand it I don't know if you remember, if you notice this, but some of the cuts, like you'll, there'll be a cutscene, and then it will go um, back to the main menu, or it'll go or, or load straight into another loading screen, and then either you select it from the main menu, or the next scene pops up, and it's just like another really short cutscene, like another mm-hmm. like ten or fifteen mm-hmm. second cutscene, and it's like yeah. that again. That just leads me to believe, or adds more evidence to the fact that this was never supposed to be a Final Fantasy game, and these just added cutscenes have just been bolted into like the main, into the main arc overall. Because like yeah. literally, that does happen. Like a cutscene ends yeah. and it loads, and then a new cutscene comes in. It's like, why would you do that? Like, why not just make it one ten second longer mm. cutscene? Why don't you just combine those two into one? Yeah, yeah. Some whole chapters are uh, are cutscenes, which is which is interesting um yeah I, I mean yeah there's but that's very possible i think the there this does tie into the conversation we were to have in last week about Elden ring and difficulty because i think some of the way that the that it allows you to play it in the way that you're describing where you're not thinking too much about it you're not even really interacting with a lot of the systems you're just going like treating it as a as a almost like i don't know empty calories in food you know it's just like yeah yeah, i'm consuming this thing but i'm not really thinking about what it is or it's not gonna have any bearing on my day but i wonder how much of that is because it defaults to story difficulty which is the easiest 
of the three there is a casual mode within story that you can do um like you can activate casual mode within story mode um but the th- there are three main difficulty levels story action and i can't even remember what the other one is nightmare or whatever it something is like that. Yeah, I'm um something action. super duper hard yeah medium bad. and yeah but i think that it will default to to the easiest and then you i think you, yeah, you can decide which one you want to go on so it's kind of you know again it's like there's content there to engage with if you want to um but does the fact that it defaults to story mode make it easier mean that that's for a lot of people that they will see that a bit like you know when you have easy medium and hard and it defaults to medium a lot of people see that as that's how the game is meant to be experienced because that's what i'm being given that's what i'm being sort of provided with by as a default and so here it's yeah it's the easiest and so you know people will go through it without even perhaps thinking about the fact that you can change the difficulty and so it provides a certain type of experience that isn't bang your head against the wall you know it's not Elden Ring it's a bang your head against the wall again with this boss um particularly here as it's a lot more linear so you do mm. have to go through unless you decide to do side quests of which there aren't that many you do have to bang your head against that wall until you 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 get through it and i I did try like i was like well i'm interested to see if i quit out of a level once you've reached the boss checkpoint and then i go back into that level where does it start i mean it puts you back at the beginning of the level like there is it Mm. doesn't it has no interest in like making progress sort of it doesn't tailor its progress to to you it's like you you do these discrete levels from beginning to end you have a boss fight in almost every single one and that's that's the game that's that's it yeah i wonder Um, if in isolation if i was just playing this game as like the only game i was playing um mm. in that moment if i'd if i'd have the same amount of time for it because it does make a good companion to Elden ring in that it is much more straightforward. It is much more linear. It's much more self-contained objectives, and you always know what you've got to do. I mean, just keep going forward, and you'll hit a boss and kill the boss, and then next level, mm. go forward, hit the boss, kill the boss. Um, even on those side missions, I've only done a couple, but um, they were start at the end of the level, go backwards, and kill an enemy that's appeared. Like it's just you know everything's yeah. so everything's so simple. But it's nice to have that simplicity after playing Elden Ring for. I don't know, a couple of hours or a few hours and then deciding, okay, I've had enough of making decisions. Mm-hmm. I just now want Using to be brain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like going down a a water slide or whatever and just holding yeah. on for the ride. Like, um it's much it's much more like that. So yeah, playing it alongside Elden Ring, it does have um yeah, it's like your little yeah, as you say, it's That's your little place. fast food yeah. snack amongst yeah. your healthier meals for the rest of the week, sort of. Sort yeah. Of vibe. yeah so so yeah i mean as we say hopefully a lot of these things have been done deliberately by the development team and it's not just that they were really aiming for something profound and and they've missed the mark by so much that everybody's now taking uh the mick out of it um but there are other games it's made me think about other games that where that cheesiness trashiness that b-movie style quality was part and parcel of the game and was endearing um and probably one of the earliest games that i can think of like that is a game called shadow of memories which i believe in some markets was called shadow of destiny um but shadow of memories was how i'm uh, how i know it is a ps2 game from 20 years ago to i think 2001 and that was super trashy 
and it's set up there's something about the setup for these games that you i can explain that the game was a there was no combat in it that i can recall it was a puzzle adventure game there was a time travel element it was a very uh like of its time game um the protagonist's name is ike it's set in this germanic village i believe it's meant to be I don't know if it's meant to be Germany or if it's just the sort of Germanic style European village. Um, and the dialogue and the writing and everything about it is is trashy in a, you know, that very sort of overly dramatic way. And you're, when you're talking to a lot of people, that's, you know, you notice that quite, uh, quite readily because you part of, a big part of the game is conversation. You just go around talking to people to try and solve this the mystery and the mystery that you're trying to solve is the is your own murder um <laughs> which immediately is just you know that's just trashy uh but i loved that game i it was it wasn't a good game um and the, the, some of the design choices were things like you know when you went back in time i think to the 1800s or 1600s you go you can go as far back in time as and everything's just black and white and you, but your color, your no. your character Arty. model is still in color, <laughs> and it's, so, it's like those. And then, it's like those pictures that people have on their wall from like IKEA, and it's like a black and white London the red scene, a umbrella red or something. Or, yeah, 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 exactly. Or black yeah, and white New York and a yellow taxi. Yeah, and so and it's so like it's like, oh wow, a real choice has been made here. And then you go forward a bit by a couple of hundred years, maybe, and everything is just brown, <laughs> and it's just and it's so endearingly bad, but. But the thing about it is that it does work on a gameplay level because it helps you to remember very clearly because you're you're time hopping different timelines to try and work out, oh, I need to solve this person's problem by going back to here and planting a seed which turns into an apple tree or something to that effect, you know? Sort of Day of the Tentacle yeah, style um, yeah. puzzles. And and it keep but it keeps it very clear in your mind that oh I need to go back to the black and white era. And that's where I was when I did that. It's and and it works. So despite its kind of on the nose nature it works for what you're doing and the thing that i love about that i ultimately that i loved about that game was that um i you solve the mystery i think it's only like six six to eight hours i think in total uh you so, I solve this mystery there are multiple endings to it solve the mystery of the murder ike survives and then one of the ending that i got was that he's in a bar celebrating that he's survived and oh what a tough day i've had you know and he has a drink and then he goes outside the bar and off camera, you just hear him get run down by these two drunk drivers who were also in the bar. And they're like, oh, we're going to drive home. Okay, guys, let's go. And then he gets hit by these two drunk drivers uh, and killed and he dies anyway. And it was so like, <laughs> it was so dumb and so silly, but it's, I I remember it very fondly. Yeah. Um, I think, I think with that though, like it sounds, I've never played it, but it sounds like it's, it's all done on purpose, right? And I think this is like all the story elements sound like they were done on purpose. Whereas in Strange of Paradise, you're not sure that they are. So mm. that bit feels like uncertain. And then it's so, but it's kind of pulled through by the gameplay. But you're, but you're still, it's still fun to see the cutscenes in Stranger of Paradise almost from that level of they don't even realize what they've done here sort of thing but in that it sounds yeah, like it was on I don't know, purpose i think shadow memories i mean maybe some of it was some of the narrative was was would be it's like known to be tongue-in-cheek but i think some of the dialogue that i recall and the voice acting of that dialogue uh i think it was like just one of those weirdly it's like almost odd that it was translated because it was a very japanese style game of the time 
with this very unique perception of what a western sort of germanic village might be it was very like theme park germanic you know it was very like here's this little small world style um ride that you go on uh and yeah i mean it was uh, i remember a friend at the time played it as well and he was just like this is just rubbish this is just a really bad game i was like no it's it's great it's like it's cheesy thing so it could it walked the line between being perceived as being good in to my mind uh you know i had a soft spot for it that's how i remember it it's like it was a bad game but i i i don't know i remember it fondly yeah um i think like like games because some some game yeah maybe there's a difference there between games that are kind of trashy by accident and then trashy on purpose because pseudo 51 games mm. are like no more hero shadows are damned lollipop chainsaw they're all they're obviously like they're, they're no mistake has been made with those games mm-hmm. like the product that you get that was all soup that was fully intentional um so maybe there's a difference between those like and, you know and like the stories thinking about this as well i wonder if like lollipop chainsaw shadows the damned are <clears throat> linked uh, not not like as in like they're the same world or whatever, but in Suda in Suda's mind, um, because Lollipop Chainsaw is about a girl who has to save the town from zombies, and she has the help of her boyfriend, decapitated boyfriend, around her waist. <laughs> she, whereas she she de- decapitates him. By the way, <laughs> yeah. she has to because um, otherwise he's going to turn into a zombie. Yeah, turn into a zombie. Yeah, or. Uh, and then in Shadows of the Damned, you're playing the boyfriend rescuing the girlfriend from hell, uh, in hell, from hell. Um, it's not the girlfriend from hell, the girlfriend who is in hell. <laughs> That's a different thing. Uh, yeah. um, um, but in there, you've got a similar thing to the boyfriend. You've got the talking skull that just, that is on, I think it's on your torch, is he? Like your um, mm-hmm. wooden torch, I think. Um, so yeah, I wonder if... Um, you know, it's, it's possibly it's part, yeah, sort it's of part a, a double of a, hander. A yeah, loose, maybe a loose. Um, what do you call it? Like um, universe, the pseudo fifty one universe of games. Yeah, I've, um, I've just looked up Lollipop Chainsaw because I remember James Gunn having some involvement, and he he says he co wrote it. Which I think yeah. once you know that, even if you know nothing about pseudo fifty one games, uh, if you know if you know that James Gunn co wrote it, you there's there's sort of little contextual clues that you can play something and think oh this is bad or you can play it and think okay this is a deliberate attempt to do x or commentary on y or you know whatever it is yeah um and and yeah there's uh, so yeah so so i think you can get away with having the stranger paradise style narrative issues even though i love the issues like the issues have made the game really like if if it was like more just if it was like toned down two or three degrees, like I yeah, don't think I'd like work. it as much. Yeah, yeah. It would just um, be kind of it would just be boring. It just wouldn't. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I was trying to think of uh, games that fall into and hit most of these boxes, but don't work. Mm. So I think Resident Evil Six ticks most of these boxes, but it's mm-hmm. not good. It's still not good. Like the story is ridiculous. The dialogue is crazy. Like the silly, like lingering shots on characters as they like deliver this line <laughs> that's supposed to like hit hard and just falls totally flat. And then it's like the the, the flat line hits, and it's like now ponder that for one, two, three, and it's like what the <laughs> yeah. hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think, but and Stranger Paradise has all of that as well, but it's got decent gameplay. Whereas in 
Resident Evil 6, the gameplay is just rubbish as well. Like, um, yeah. I just remember like, the start of that game where it's, it's got this, the famous one. It's where Leon holds his hand out or someone holds a hand out for Leon to grab. I can't remember which way around it is. Um, it's so famous, I can't remember. But mm-hmm. anyway, you have to like just press X or whatever to like grab the hand. It's like, why? And then like shortly after that, no, shortly before yeah. that, you, um, you have to like open a door through with a quick time event but you need to <laughs> succeed on the quick time event three times in order to open the door successfully <laughs> but like if you fail them like it, it you know you just carry on until you hit three like you, you will yeah. be going through that door um so yeah it's just it's just terrible and i think that goes back to like the interactive element of the game means it's hard to make a quote-unquote trashy game um because some element of it can't be trashy and like those super trashy the way quick time events work in resident evil 6 is just so bad um and they're so frequent as well mm. that you just can't enjoy any other moment of it because it's just painful to just get to the bits that are like trashy in a good way yeah yeah and that that perhaps draws yeah so like quantic dream games as well i think fall into that that i i believe are not intended to be trashy some of them are um but they do have a thing for me that i think works that i like that it's the form and function thing that in heavy rain particularly i remember there being certain combinations of buttons that you had to press that became difficult to press you had to contort your hand in such a way but i like it's it's quite clumsy but i like that what you're you're having some difficulty physically doing this thing that is manifesting on screen as a difficult task to perform and it's like it's very on the nose and it's i mean i can see that you know you could look at that and just think it's ridiculous like how am i meant to do this but there's like a there's a it felt like there's a well-meaning intention to link you to the events that are happening on screen, even though with the understanding that all you're doing is sat on your sofa pressing buttons on a controller. So it's like, how can they possibly make this connection? How can they make this hard? And I think in, with more technology, so like we've got the PS5 DualSense pads now, things like having triggers that have variable feed, variable resistance does a similar thing like it's hard to i don't know like draw the bowstring on a bow that extra bit and that that's manifested by or shown represented by having the the trigger become harder to press and it it it's just that uh, ambition or attempt to link you to what's going on on screen it doesn't mean that quantic dream games are good by and large i mean detroit i reasonably enjoyed but there's well-meaning effort there but then sometimes it falls down because you know the the dialogue might be bad or the way it's delivered might be questionable which then turns it into this sort of cheesy thing and it's not meant but it's not meant to be it's like those games take themselves i think really quite seriously uh but then it falls into pits and that's where that's where it doesn't work for me i should have prefaced all that by saying that that's where it's like it's not meant to be that and it just falls into the pit of being that and it becomes hard to to see beyond it in those moments because whatever the character's name is it ethan whatever the character's name in heavy rain is you know calling out for his son and yeah it's not meant to be funny it's like it's this really sad poignant moment but it's just done in such a way that it you know it's it comes across as funny and memeable that's the yeah i think detroit was probably the one of the kind of the vibe that you're describing detroit is the one that fell foul of it most although i haven't played beyond all the way through that's supposed to be the bad one, isn't it? The worst one. Um, 
I think if with games like that, if you're going to take that more serious, like thoughtful, often philosophical tone in Detroit, then as soon as one thing, one crack appears and the whole thing shatters because you can see, mm. you can see through it. And if you're being told this is serious, this is serious, this is serious, and then this silly thing happens that's unintentionally silly or whatever, then you just don't have much trust in it anymore. Like you don't, yeah. you don't have trust yeah. that it's that the that the um the design of this or the people behind it have like fall it through to the point where you can believe that it's as serious as they're telling you that it is yeah. and that's what we've talked about with kojima games isn't it that you can often trust that that stuff's happening deliberately it's there for a reason whereas with other people that try to do kojima style stuff it becomes like well but is that intentional were you trying to do that and if you're not then that's yeah it creates sort of a cognitive dissonance that can can break the reality a bit um detroit i think i was lucky with that because i went through and basically everything fit the way i was playing the game and the decisions i was making it felt i got kind of a satisfying payoff with detroit which but i understand that that wasn't the case for a lot of people Um, yeah there was a specific moment in that where the whole thing fell down and i and reading around it online i think i got an ending that wasn't very common for one of the characters and then i don't want to spoil it because it's right at the end but it's a bit that happens in like what is essentially like a junkyard and that what the ending that i got there was just like wow okay well everything i did before was just pointless and i and then you're just like i'm out yeah i don't i'm not buying into this anymore i'm done like yeah i i can understand that is that you're going to open yourself up more likely to that if you are trying to juggle all of those different threads and narrative arcs and multiple endings and you know each thing has to mean something but it has to it has to mean something in isolation but then it's they're trying to feed it into this bigger picture and yeah. that and know, it's super hard like they, they they set themselves on those games particularly detroit like they set themselves an incredibly difficult task of trying to give you a huge amount of options and a huge amount of um uh many directions in which mm. to which the story can go down and have all of those fit with all of the other ones because there's multiple characters that you play in that so everything yeah. has to fit yeah. so it's incredibly difficult task to to get right that yeah and that yes and that and because of that it's more likely to fall over and and look bad whereas with something like stranger paradise that is obviously much more tightly controlled there is no you don't make any choices as jack or as any of the other characters that can that can rub the wrong way with other stuff that's happened everything is just delivered to you yeah and you're going to be told a thousand times that jack hates chaos and where is chaos (laughs) i hate chaos where is i'm chaos? gonna crush chaos yes i want you to crush but where chaos. is it and like, tell me somebody yeah. and like, i just want him to just keep saying chaos as well like every time he's on the screen if he doesn't game. say chaos it's like what are you doing jack i thought you hated chaos you forgot your lines yeah um like if, i don't know maybe it'd be it'd be quite freeing i think to be a character to be a person like jack and you just focus on one thing for your whole yeah. life and yeah. i don't know what he's going to do after presumably he defeats chaos i don't know but what's he going to do after that? His oh, life's just going to have no yeah. meaning. Yeah, well, I, you keep playing. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll get a very satisfying payoff in that regard. Um, so, yeah, it's... Okay, so I think we can conclude that Stranger of Paradise is, for the most part, deliberately trashy. That makes it easier to enjoy if you're so inclined to. There is a bunch of gameplay stuff, but that's we're, we're not really going into that here. Um uh and then there are yeah other games that are you can remember very fondly that i think are are you view them as trashy um 
I mean, is there a... Well, I was thinking, like, when, as I've gotten older, I, I, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm more or less patient with games like this. I think I'm probably more patient with them. I think when I was mm. younger, I think maybe I had less patience for them. That might be because I play so many more games now around games all the time, every, every, you know, mm. every day, pretty much. So maybe I'm just more open to spends the time on things that i wouldn't have had either time or the money as well when mm. i was younger to play yeah. lots of different so many different things um so maybe i'm just more open to like the kind of trashier easier experiences because spends much more time playing more serious games that need more time and energy and thought like you know like elden ring yeah yeah i can imagine for somebody who yeah has less time or less means or you know has been really looking forward to this game in particular for whatever reason because it's you know it's a sort of a 35th anniversary celebration of final fantasy it's it's the next game from neo maybe you really from the developers that did neo and neo 2 maybe you really love that i can imagine if you go into it like that You've got more. You've got more stake in it, haven't you? You've got more in, personally invested to either then be more put off slash offended by, or you double down and and you know, and that's how you end up. Like I think with silly arguments about how, oh no, this is actually brilliant. You know, this is a real like critical masterpiece because of people's vested interest and emotion in it, and it's and it's hard to separate one from the other. So. Yeah, if if perhaps if you play more games, it's easier to just be entertained by the variety that a game like this offers. Um, yeah, because you know you'll be off it in you know next week you'll be on something else. So yeah, I think you have to you still have to have a certain mindset, I suppose, because I think the other way it could go is if you play more games, then you're then you're more open and you have more experience of what's good and what you um, what you respect, I suppose, and then. So that could go the other way that when you play a game like this, it's like, well, I have so many points of comparison that are better than this, that this is, you know, just not valuable to me. So I can see it going both ways. And the game has had a very wide spread of reviews as well. I think some people have given it 10 out of 10 and then some people have given it like four or five out of 10. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, like one out of five or two out of 10, which is, uh, I think, a bit harsh. That's a bit much. Yeah. Um all right, well, unless uh, unless you've got anything else to say about Jack and Chaos or... No, uh... no, nothing else to say about Jack. Manly man Jack. Um, yeah, it's cheesy and it's, you know, it's fun. It's, I think that cheese has its has its place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly. It does, unless you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> um, all right, well, come and tell us what you think about, um, not necessarily Stranger of Paradise, but just any games that are a bit trashy, a bit... B movie E. Uh, we are at Indie by Design on Twitter and on all other social networks. And you can buy our books on indiebydesign.net. Otherwise, thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week.